in this episode. Let's talk about how to price your products for your e-commerce brand. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. I think one of the great things about pricing is that it's not a decision that you just make once. It's something that is constantly changing as you grow your brand, introduce new product lines, special offers, all of those different things, your pricing may change over time. But what I wanted to cover in this episode was a bunch of different pricing strategies that you can use for your store to increase sales, bring in more new customers, increase that site conversion rate, and ultimately make your store more profitable. And so let's jump straight into it. There's a bunch of new pricing methods in here that I've never heard of or never used personally, but I think it's very interesting to think about all the different ways that you can go about pricing your products to maximize sales and maximize the amount of new customers that are coming into your brand. So let's jump straight into the first one, which is keystone pricing. Keystone pricing is probably one of the most basic ones. It's where you have a standard multiple. So if you get a product in and then you go ahead and say, look, we're just going to double the wholesale price. So the amount that you get the stock in for, you're just going to double that price. So it's a simple rule that you apply to all the stock that you bring in and it's just simply doubling the cost of goods sold and setting that as the retail price. Now the pros of this, it's obviously very quick and easy. That's all you have to do. There's no other thinking that goes into it. It's just doubling it. But the cons is that it depends on the availability for certain products. Obviously just doubling the wholesale price, you need to make sure that that's still competitive in the market. You still need to make sure that you're not overcharging for a product when all of your competitors are charging a lower amount and your product isn't better or you're not wording it in a certain way or you don't have a specific message or a certain angle that really resonates with a segment of your market. If you're just selling the same thing and it's more expensive than everyone else and you're not differentiating, then this strategy is probably not gonna work. Now moving on to number two, this is the manufacturer suggested retail price. So this is obviously pretty standardized for products. And so this is when you as the brand owner sell the product for what the manufacturer suggests that recommended retail price. Now this doesn't apply for most D2C brands. This is more so for marketplaces. If you run an online store where you're selling multiple different SKUs from different brands and you're more so a marketplace rather than a standalone brand because you're going to get suggested retail prices from those manufacturers from the separate brands. And so that's probably a method that you could use there because it is time saving. You don't have to dive into the analytics side, do more market research. But again, I feel like the more time you spend on this stuff and the more time you think about these things, you're not going over the top. You're not getting stuck in perfection paralysis. But if you at least take time to look at pricing psychology methods, if you take time to understand what your competitors are charging for the same or very similar products, and you know what your differentiators are for your product and brand, then you can really control the amount of sales you're bringing in. You can be very particular about your pricing because you know your numbers and you know it's going to work for you. So this is one that's probably not going to be applicable for most of you, but the pros of it, obviously time saving and cons are that you're not able to compete on price, especially if you are a marketplace and you're just using the recommended retail price from the brands that you're selling on your store, then you don't control things like that. So if there is a competing marketplace or other store that is selling that same product at a cheaper price, all of a sudden it makes it incredibly difficult for you to differentiate and get people to your store and your marketplace. Now, moving on to number three, this is 
multiple pricing. So this is where you sell more than one product for a single price, bundling it together, having special offers. Now pros of something like this is that it creates a higher perceived value for a lower cost. If you're getting multiple items for one price, the perceived value, if you do it in the right way, if you market it in the appropriate way and you have great messaging around why that's high value, then if it's just one price, it's ultimately a great method to bring in more customers. But a con of this is that bundling reduces profits because if you have to put two products together that you would sell separately and you have to figure out a combined price for both of them, chances are you're probably not just gonna add up product A and product B's price, put them together and sell the bundle for that. You're probably gonna discount it slightly. And so it will chew into your profit margins. But if your AOV is high, if your gross margin is very, very solid, then you can probably withstand something like this. And it's gonna make sense for you to bundle products together because the average order value is a lot higher and that's great for you as a brand. Now, moving on to number four, this is the penetration pricing and discount pricing. And what this is, this is an approach to pricing in which a manufacturer sets a relatively low price for a product in the early stage of its life cycle with the intention of building market share. So if you're new to a market or you're in a market where maybe hasn't been validated as much or there's not as many competitors or you come into a really saturated market and you've got your keystone product, you've got your number one starting product that you know your ideal customers really, really need and really, really want. And you come into that market and you're trying to build market share. If you go in at a high competing price and you don't differentiate yourself, all of these things, again, I'm gonna go over those again and again. If you don't have a strong differentiating, you don't market your brand and products in the right way, it can be extremely difficult, near impossible to get any market share from those well-established competing brands. So this is a great way to get yourself into a market, bring in those early customers, but you have to be careful with something like this because while the pros are that you can attract a larger amount of sales, the cons is that you're gonna build this reputation, I guess, as a bargain store, as a brand that will heavily discount its products and sell products at a lower price. And so when you're trying to attract the right customers, this can really cause some lasting brand damage or at least give your brand a reputation of selling products at a lower price point. So when you introduce something that's maybe more expensive or you try and increase that price up, maybe more difficult, you might feel some backlash from existing customers or new ones who aren't willing to buy that product at that price because they're so used to the regular one being a lot lower. So that's just something to be wary of if you're trying to use that method. Now the next one, number five, this is the loss leading price. So this is where you're trying to increase the average transaction value. Now the definition of this is when you sell a product at a price that's not profitable initially, but it's bringing in more customers so you can cross sell, upsell, and maybe they have a higher average order value. A really good example of this could be a teeth whitening kit, for example. You might take a hit up front and sell them the kit at a lower price point, but over time, if they're in a subscription for refills, maybe you make your margin back there, maybe the lifetime value of the customer ends up being a lot higher. While the product price might be initially lower, so you might be unprofitable or break even upfront, but then over time, over the next three, six months, you're making that back in terms of that customer LTV, then that's another method you can use because you know, if you get them in at that price, they're gonna be profitable long-term. And I think what plays really, really well into this point is that the person and the brand who can spend the most money to acquire a customer will win. So if you can spend a lot more upfront and be break even or unprofitable on the front end, but you know on the back end, you're gonna be making more sales and the LTV is gonna come into play 
and you have a great repeat purchase rate, then you can be unprofitable at top of funnel and you can make it all back on the back end. So it's a great way to build market share, bring in more customers, and then I guess extract that value long-term while you're still giving a lot of value to your customers. Now, moving on to number six, psychological pricing. So this is when you use certain numbers. This is when you really go into the finer details of how your price looks on your product page. The numbers that you use at the end, if it's 99, is it you know 1597, is it 1595? All of those different nuances, or maybe even how big the font of your price is on your product page. Little things like that can make a huge difference when it comes to website conversion rate and getting customers to buy. So what I would say here is that you need to do some more research on the psychological pricing methods. A great resource to look at is by someone called Nick Kalender. So if you've checked out his content before, puts out a lot of free content around marketing principles, psychology principles that you can leverage, especially if you run a business and run a brand. And so there's one PDF that you can get for free, basically gives you a rundown of all of these psychological pricing techniques that can influence people to make buying decisions quicker. And it's a great read. So I definitely recommend going and checking that out. I'm not affiliated with Nick and what he does, but I really like his content and it's extremely valuable. It's helped me out a ton. So that is method number six, using psychological pricing for your products. Now moving on to number seven, competitive pricing. So this is when you're trying to beat out the competition. Now the definition of this is that this is the process of selecting strategic price points to take best advantage of a product based on where your market is at and based on where the competition is at. So you might actually lower your price so you can undercut the market strategically. You might decide to price your products lower than what your main competing brand is doing and drive customers away from them if they're just thinking about price. The negatives here is that it's difficult to sustain when you're a smaller brand. If you're constantly undercutting other brands, it makes it incredibly difficult for you to build a strong brand, to build a strong community and build a high brand value because if you just keep undercutting, keep going and going, it's a race to the bottom. And that's why I'm always cautious of discounts and over discounting your products because it leads you down this rabbit hole of a race to the bottom. And so those are some big negatives there. But I guess the pro, if you do have a lower cost per unit, you can do something like this. If you're selling a product and you can get it cheaper than what anyone else in your market can, you can technically sell it at a lower price point and still make the same gross margin versus your competing brands. So it's just something to think about. Now, moving on to number eight, premium pricing. This is when you go above the competition's pricing. So I really like this method because it allows you to establish, I guess, a bit of a premium brand feel. You can build a stronger brand when you charge higher prices for your products. Yes, you might not get the same number of customers initially, but you're gonna get the high value customers, the people that are willing to spend a bit more on your products because they're higher quality, the way you position your brand is much stronger, or there may be the certain angle that you've taken into your market just really resonates with people and they don't have another brand that serves them in that way. So it's a really good method to build this strong brand presence, this really high brand value. And so you're attracting the kind of customers that will happily come back and buy more products from you, that will happily return and spend more money on product number two, product number three that you launch or go live with. And that it's gonna turn away most of the people that are just price shopping, looking for the cheapest option in the market. You don't want those customers most of the time. You want high value customers who love your brand and your products and are gonna be there long-term. They're gonna keep coming back. And so the pros of this, obviously a higher perceived value of your brand and your products. If you do charge more, simple change in price. You could be selling the exact same product you could sell this pen here. Say for example, you're selling this pen and your competitors are selling it for $10. 
If you just sell it for 20, all of a sudden it's gonna have a higher perceived value, even if it is the same product. But just by increasing the price, in the customer's mind, you're gonna increase that perceived value. So it's gonna make it more desirable. So that's a method I really recommend. Not trying to constantly undercut your competitors, but setting a price, even if it is a more premium price point, but then backing that up with great customer service, a great brand experience, and a great community around your brand, it's gonna justify those higher price points and people will be happy to pay more for that. Now moving on to some other methods. Number 10, cost plus pricing. So this is just a simple markup. Basically the definition of this is, it's the method when the selling price is set by evaluating all variable costs in your brand and just adding a markup percentage. And so you look at how much is it gonna cost to fulfill that product? How much does it cost for the goods themselves, the cogs? And then all of the expenses that go into getting your product to the customer once they buy, then just adding a simple markup, whether it's 30%, whether it's 50%, whether it's 100%, whether it's 300%, whatever your markup percentage is, it's just applying that simple percentage to the product. And so you have a predictable margin. So it's another method you can use. Pros of this, it doesn't take too much to figure out. It's pretty standard. You have a simple margin or a cost multiplier. You just apply that to every single product. And obviously in method number one, we talked about earlier, we just double the wholesale price this one here could be any different multiple that works really well with your margins that you can set by looking at what the competition is doing or by positioning your brand at a higher price point, but just by having a standard multiple. And another great element of it is that it's gonna provide consistent returns should your costs stay the same. And so you know you're always gonna be getting a certain percentage back from every single sale. It's great from a numbers perspective. It makes things very, very easy. And some cons of this, it doesn't take into account market conditions. It doesn't take into account where your market's at. It doesn't take into account competitors or how much of the market you actually have or how big the total addressable market size actually is. And so that's a con there. Now the last one, method number 11 is economy pricing. So this is for low production costs and high volume sales for lower quality goods. Now the definition of this is where you price products low and gain revenue and profits based on the volume of sales. Now, this is where you're selling potentially lower price products at cutthroat margins, but you're selling them at such a high scale that in the end, it does make sense. Now, pros, easy to implement. Obviously, you can price your products super low and just sell at a ridiculous volume. But the cons of this is that the margins are razor, razor thin. And so you really do need to be selling at volume. You need to be an established brand. You need to be a brand that can handle that, that can handle the, I guess, anxiety of having your margins so, so thin and having to constantly sell at such a high level. Now, typically for an early stage brand, you're not going to be looking at sort of economy pricing. You're not going to be looking at how can you sell as many products as possible with such a razor thin margin because for building a long-term brand that is really valuable and people want to be a part of and constantly coming back to and buying from, the one method I would recommend personally is more of the premium price point. Now, as an early stage brand owner, I wouldn't recommend economy pricing. It's probably not the best way to go in my opinion. The best way would be using the premium pricing method where you have a higher price, but you back it up with an amazing brand experience with amazing customer service and you really differentiate your product that you're selling. And so hopefully that's given you some ideas around pricing. You can see there's loads of different ways to approach it. Again, depending on where your brand is at, what your monthly revenue is and what your targets are moving into the next six, 12, 18 months, even for the next five, 10 years of your brand. And so hopefully it's given you a greater understanding of different ways you can approach pricing. Hope you've enjoyed the episode and I'll see you in the next one.